Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's another brand spanking new episode of Is It Just Me? The podcast where we talk about all sorts of, well, garbage, really. Let's be honest. Well, not garbage, but just like the really important trivial things i'm your host joe elvin with co-host hello i'm james williams yeah that's james williams and we basically james isn't it this is our it's our therapy basically and and it's our excuse (laughs) to just drag a celebrity in and make them talk to us yeah make them fight with us hopefully if you want a celebrity to talk to you tell them tell their their agents that you have a podcast it's amazing what happens exactly yeah today we've got we are joined to talk about all sorts of things from religion to fights those two things kind of go together don't they in a big way and floor drobes with actor comedian writer thesp singer i once learned extraordinaire mr kevin bishop Uh, hello you also you forgot tap dancer oh well yeah (laughs) i didn't know about that you forget the tap dancing i'm gonna need some season proof of that right now it happens a lot when did you last tap dance? When did you um, last tread the boards? The last time I professionally <laughs> yeah. tap danced was with Ronnie Corbett in 1988. Okay, well, that's oh, a good get, that one. Yeah, it's a oh. long time ago. I mean, Ronnie and, Corbett, and I met him name once. drop goes, that's a yeah. pretty damn good one. Pretty big one. Yeah. Uh, the year before was with Lionel Blair. <laughs> Um, and Danny LaRue. Oh my um, God. We are firmly in the 80s now. We really are in the 80s. We are. We are. Neighbours has been on a couple of years. <laughs> you know, it's, it's good times. And, How was the uh, hair? What was that looking like? My hair, mm. awful. And my mother had these lame waistcoats made for me with sequins on them to oh. make me stand out, um, which it did. What, uh, even standing in a next to Lionel Blair? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I kind of yeah. blended in with Lionel. <laughs> But, and Danny LaRue, but yeah. uh, back in the dressing room, it was a different story. Oh, bless you. Because how old mom. were you when you started out, Kevin? Uh, my very first professional job was age seven. And how old are your little girls now? They are eight and six. Right, so that's crazy. Does Josh and I feel like you've actually got children of age? That yes, you've, you've just put something in my mind there that I hadn't thought about before. Oh yeah, um, God, but yeah. yeah it's, uh, and, yeah. you know, when are they going to start, yeah. you know, earning well, a living? they've already started. They're just not getting paid yet. Right. <laughs> so yeah. other signs they there. They won't be for a while, believe me. Could you yeah. see them following your footsteps? Oh, I can, actually. It's something that I think about all the time. And I think, you know, I, I'm... 
probably from the school, I don't think that kids should necessarily be famous. Yeah. I, I think kids should, by all means, act and dance and sing and do all those things that are fun to do when you're a child. But I'm, I don't know if I agree with them losing their anonymity mm. uh, as the age of a child. But can you? What would have been your reaction as a young? child and i'm th- sort of like thinking you know 10 11 12 if your parents like no 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 we can't have you doing that we can't have you being in the spotlight in that way well it was a tricky one because i think if my father had had his way then i would have been you know doing a normal job a long long time ago and uh, the, i remember really embarrassingly my dad phoned my agents once when i was about 21 unbeknownst to me and uh, i only f- i found this out about 5 6 years later and he phoned my agent um kevin's very depressed um he's not getting any of these jobs and uh, i just wonder why he's not nailing these jobs <laughs> um any, any reasons anything maybe he's not so maybe, I don't know, maybe not asserting himself or because uh, my dad uh, you know works for the citizens advice bureau <laughs> or whatever, had probably had three job interviews in his life yeah. and uh, he just couldn't understand Understand why you know, these job interviews I wasn't nailing. It's like it's very different, Dad. It's, it's an audition, you know. I'm, I'm like, seven. And maybe I'll, yeah, I'm seven, and I wasn't right you for the part. Haven't talked about your hobbies yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Your CV. I was a yeah. man. They wanted a female. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your CV just wasn't varied enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Only your waistcoats had shone a bit brighter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wrong colour. Wrong colour. <laughs> Waistcoat. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was interesting. So I mean, I mean, very, very, diff- very strange upbringing. You know, um, in that sense, because my parents were normal people. My mother was not involved in the industry in any way, and uh, she was from a large Irish Catholic family, and you know, working class, and not a lot of opportunity. But um, my mum told me a story once. That she said she Lambda came to her house, her mother's house, and offered her a scholarship at uh, no, not Lambda at Rada. And wow. my, yeah, and they said, well, this, we think this girl's very talented. My mother was only about 14, 15. And they said, could we give her a scholarship to Rada? And uh, my grandmother said, well, thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, goodbye, goodbye. And then my mum said, well, can I go? And she said, no, you will type, you will type, you will type. Oh, yeah. <gasps> wow. Um, because, you know, acting yeah. just wasn't, a you, you know, you could be an actress. Yeah. Not from that background. You know, it was like ridiculous. So uh, that stuck with my mother, I think. And when she saw... That you know, I was showing signs of, I would say, precociousness. She would say, talent, flamboyance, um, flamboyance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolute, fa- ab- absolute yeah. fabulousness, darling. Actually, <laughs> I'd say. Um, she said, "Well, I'm going to send him to uh, a drama club, which yeah. was the Patricia Hammond School of Dramatic Art, which was in Bromley, and that's where it started." And, uh, and look at you now. And look at me now, hanging in by the skin of my teeth. Well, no, oh, you're hardly. Pro- no, you're properly, <laughs> as an actor, you are properly treading the boards in the West End right now. Yes. And yes. I came to see you treading said boards yes. last yes. week in Lady Windermere's Fan. It's part of the Oscar Wilde season. Yes. Directed by Kathy Burke and also starring Jennifer Saunders. You're really slumming yeah. it, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. You're really slumming I am. it. Keep trying. Yeah, you know. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, this, is, this is proper theatre. It's, um, it's interesting because I get... I get offered theatre jobs and I love to do theatre. It's my favourite thing. But when you sort of admit you agree to do something like an Oscar Wilde play, you think, oh, great. This is great theatre. I'll do it. And then you read it and you go, oh, my God. How do you make somebody speak like that and be and look like a real person? Because it's it's, you know, the dialogue is 120 years old. Mm. So Kathy did a great job with cutting out all the repetition and um, any of the sort of, you know, the long-winded stuff that doesn't really work anymore and um 
and it just feels a little bit more updated for a younger audience. Mm. I, I would definitely say so. Everybody, it's really funny. Mm. And it, it there's moments where even though some of the language is antiquated in the phrasing, there's something about, I think, the performances kind of bring that modern wink to it. Mm. So you, we know that you know it's kind of antiquated speech, but it's it's working on that more modern level. It was really, really enjoyable. I mean, even despite its antiquated speech patterns, which it has, the interesting thing about the play is it feels more relevant now than it probably would have felt mm. twenty years ago. You know, there's a, you know, Oscar Wilde's stance on morality is fascinating. Mm. I mean, it's fascinating now. One hundred and twenty years ago, this must have been you know, mind-blowing. And, and it asks all the right questions about a woman's place yeah. that kind of feels very relevant today. Yeah. And it's it's just great fun, Kevin. Yeah. Let's not over-complicate yeah. no, it. No, it's great fun. fun. Yeah. And I think I, I, I've seen I've seen Oscar Wilde plays put on before. I've seen the importance of being earnest and I saw a woman of no importance. And the, the thing is, is, I think that often, because it's Oscar Wilde, people think, oh, this has to be portrayed by really serious actors, you know, done very stiff, very serious, um, because that's what Oscar Wilde would have liked. And the Oscar Wilde Society would love it if it was done in its very serious, proper theatre way. And we haven't changed any of the dialogue. We haven't changed any of the plot, any of the structure. Yet it's really funny. Yeah. So it's all down to intonation. Yeah. And. Well, I think that this is, it is a comedy. Yeah. There's but, no but, doubt. Well, also, you, it's, you could it's, argue Shakespeare. You know, people still laugh yeah. at Shakespeare, don't they? I mean, yeah. and I don't, I don't mean people go and pretend to laugh at Shakespeare. Because yeah. yeah. when I was growing I up and studying... I pretend to laugh at yeah, Shakespeare. I, yeah. I, mean, I pretend I'm clever but and I, I laugh you know, at it. I, yeah. I will freely admit I'm not the most studied Oscar Wilde student, but I was really blown away by what would have been really quite revolutionary mm. things for him to say about feminism and things like that in that play. Mm. I was really impressed with... Mm. He was like sticking up for the girls in that. Yeah. Yeah. So go and check it out, basically, everyone that's listening, if you haven't yeah. already. Because you're on until... We're on until April 7th. It's quite a long run. Yeah, yeah. it At is quite a long Vaudeville run. Yeah. The, the Vaudeville Theatre. The Vaudeville Theatre on the Strand. Yes. Yeah. And it's worth it to see Jennifer Saunders sing. Oh, It alone. is, yeah. It's quite something. Yeah. And also, from the person I was most excited who's in this play is um, Joe, Joseph Marcella, who was the butler from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh my god! So that was, really? that I literally, <laughs> I literally nearly passed out when yeah. I found out he was in it because That's awesome. yeah, I think he's incredible and he's the loveliest chap as well. Really nice. Also, I do know well on quite good authority because you actually did it on Sunday brunch. You do an amazing Kathy Burke impression, don't you? I do an impression of <laughs> Kathy Burke, much to Kathy's disgust. Um, I, the problem is, I do impressions of everybody. If I've met them. And I can do them. I will do them to, to add flavour to, to a story. Because from a star stories, anyone yeah. that hasn't seen that, it's, it's on for <laughs> oh demand. It is brilliant. It must be. Yeah, Go and check it out. Do you I, I see was, the first time I met Kevin, I was really starstruck yeah. to meet him because of star stories. I remember. <laughs> I, really, you liked <laughs> yes. it that much. I introduced you to some friends of mine one time who were so starstruck. They were, oh my yeah. God, Kevin Bishop follows you on Twitter. I was going, yeah. okay. Yeah. And they were like, because people love that show because it was funny and your impersonations were brilliant so go figure you can do a good Kathy Burke well yeah well well, Kathy was it was interesting Kathy phoned me and I was putting a tent up at Wilderness Festival and she said it's now a good time to talk Kev because uh, you know, I know that you got kids and that and you're probably busy I don't take up too much of your time mate you know and I said uh, I said oh no now, now I mean because obviously I'm a, big, I'm a huge fan of Kathy Burke's yeah. first and foremost and also she's just a very good friend of mine for many years and I've never worked with her so I didn't really know that she was going to offer me a job she went I saw a photograph of you the other day and you had a um, you had a moustache and a photograph and I thought, oh my God, Kevin could play a right good lord. You know what I mean? 
And I don't know if you want to do it or not, but you could play a right good Lord if you want to play Darlington, you know, Lord Darlington. (laughs) And then she said, listen, he's got a very famous line, and I'm I'm thinking about taking it off you and giving it to someone else, someone else I know, maybe just just to rock the apple cart a little bit. And then I realised the line that she wanted to take away from me was, um, we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. And you were like, no way. Well, I just said, are you really going to, do you think, she went, no, I thought about it, you was right, I was wrong, yeah, maybe keep that one. Yeah, I might take a couple other ones off, you know, that's all right with you. But um, she is, I mean, uh, what I love about Kath is that she loves actors and she is a fantastic director. I mean, she's been directing since the 80s. I mean, someone said the other day, I think Kathy's sort of, you know, a, a, embarking into direct, directing is quite a good thing recently. And it's like, well, oh, she's God. been directing plays yeah. since the 80s. She's an amazing director. And um, But I think what it is, is her eye for cast is really, really good. Like, she can... She, the, she's cast this in such a way that it feels completely original yeah. because she hasn't gone for those, you know, people would have pushed her into casting certain people that probably, yeah. would they, they would have cast in yeah. the, the, the play that we've seen a thousand times That's of this right, version, yeah. you know. Yeah. So she's cast well and, um, and yeah, she's, she, she's uh, I don't think anybody would have given me this shot no. other than Kathy. I really don't think, can't think of another director who would have. But also the dynamic, I should imagine, between her and Jennifer. Because if they've known, you forget that, you know, Kathy was integral to so many of the classic French and Saunders piss takes. Yeah. So she was in them, you exactly. know. Um, exactly. So I'd imagine they have a really good dynamic as well. Yeah, they do. I mean, Jennifer's just such a sort of, you know, such a lovely person to have around because she's not, despite her, you know, God-like sort of you know fame and star quality that she's got she doesn't she doesn't use that in any way at all in fact we had a member of the cast kept referring to her as Jennifer Saunders and she just said please 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 stop just just Jennifer just call me Jen please please don't say keep saying Jennifer Saunders please 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 and uh, she's just lovely you know she's just lovely to have around okay Jennifer Saunders I'm sorry I'll stop saying Jennifer Saunders just Jennifer Yeah. yeah So now, dear friends, I guess. She, I call her Dawn French. But, um, <laughs> that's I her favourite. Yes, she it. loves yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> You're so subversive. And she reminded me um, when I saw Jennifer Saunders the other night. Sorry, I just can't resist it. Um, that it's not the first time you two have worked together. I'd totally forgotten. No, no. I worked with Jennifer when I was 14 on Muppet Treasure Island. So a very, very long time ago. Everybody was in that. Everybody <laughs> was in I that. I was in that. Yeah. Even yeah. I was in yeah. that. Um, They'll have anyone. Yeah, they'll, have, they'll literally <laughs> yeah. have anybody. Those Hensons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. But um, no, it, it was a crazy job because I remember I remember being told that Jennifer was, was playing Mrs. Bloveridge in the film. And then it just got more and more ridiculous. And it just got Mrs. Bloveridge, uh, in, played by Jennifer Saunders, and it was... Uh, Billy Connolly playing Billy Bones, which I nearly passed out. And then it was Tim Curry's playing Long John Silver. I mean, it was absolutely insane, you know, like an insane job to do as a kid. But I remember Jennifer used to be very shy, um, like really shy, like like shy of me. And I was 14, you know, <laughs> and, and now she's she's so much she's come completely out of her shell socially and stuff and yeah it's uh it's interesting because to, to to have all that time between us when we worked together 14 years you know god what was it 23 years ago or something wow. to working together again and it feels lovely full circle to do it you know absolutely i think she's reached that golden age of giving no fucks exactly where she really does so she's so comfortable in her own skin and it makes her really easy to be around mm. yeah do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I absolutely 
I feel like that as well. I feel like that with Jen. And also funny with, with Kath as well. Because yeah. I think Kath, for a few years, Kath went, was quite shy. And, and Kath sort of doesn't like the, you know, she's such a woman of the people. Mm. But but when people when people come up to her and say, oh, I am smoking a fag. You know, like sometimes. <laughs> but she loves that. She yeah. could be, yeah, she doesn't like it. Because yeah. it cause what it does is it puts a very humble person in the spotlight. And she, that, she just yeah. feels awkward. But, yeah. uh, and it's also the people who think they're the first ones to do yeah. that. Yeah. That's what What's I that hold, all about? That should hold you back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thinking, yeah. They're going to have heard that a million times before. My yeah. mate's dad said he saw Steve, Steve Coogan in the car park of his of his flats once and he was just getting out of his car and his dad went, aha! <laughs> and Steve went, great, great. You're the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the first one today. Well done. Well done. Have a nice day. Great. Good for you, mate. Great. Uh, just like absolutely gutted, yeah. you know. Never meet your heroes no. because that's the thing. I would say something stupid yeah. and then that's, that's how I would think of that person or just go for the really obscure job where they had one line yeah. they were like they forgot they even had that job I was <laughs> quote that at them yeah. at least they were like shit because then they'll go wow that's pretty niche you know uh, me yeah. you're a fan people that stop me and ask me about the weird little French sort of art house films that I make <laughs> I always stop and talk to them about it because I can't quite believe is that, that code to something yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah French <laughs> art house yeah. is yeah. I mean, full you nudity are, yeah, check them out you are They're, sporting um... quite the porn stash there these <laughs> yeah. days for the, for the Oscar Wilde role oh yeah yeah. Or your oh. own, of course. And if any, does anyone actually think it's not your own? Um, yes. Um, I mean, I people constantly say to me when I walk out. It's actually it's quite interesting how rude people can be about about facial hair like moustache. <laughs> like, cause it's it's weird because if you, you, I just generally don't comment on anyone's appearance for for you know mm. out of risk of insulting them, yeah. and particularly women, you know. Yeah. But I go to the school run. People go, "What's that horrible thing growing on your <laughs> lip?" And I say, well, it's it's for a part. What's yours for? You know, and they and they and suddenly they're all really upset. But it's like it, it happen it happens to me all the time. People can be so outspoken about things like that, yeah. or or if you if or if you're wearing a pair of you know outlandish shoes or something, people go, what are those awful shoes you're wearing? You know, but you'd never say it to anyone. Else. I do think though a moustache is divisive because you know mm. I mean I've got a friend of mine who's currently trying to cultivate one, shall we say, and his other half is not happy about it. I mean. No. Um, so I do think how, how is your lovely Cast how is she coping with it well Casta hates it but Casta the reason Casta hates it most is because she thinks that when I have a moustache my character changes completely <laughs> and so when I, if I have to have a moustache for a part which which I have actually had to have about four or five times now I'm just cornering that market yeah. but um, I grow the beard first <laughs> and then I shave the beard off so and, and leave the moustache and she walks in and she says oh great he's back yeah. <laughs> and she's convinced that I'm a different Person. Is that why you get the parts? Because you can grow it the quickest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Some people really can't. No, they can't grow no. it. But this is kind of the strongest part of my facial hair. Elsewhere, it's a bit patchy. I have the same thing, so it's really annoying. So I can't grow like a anywhere else. But the moustache comes in super fast, and Please it's don't so. Ask me about mine. That's, that's <laughs> That's yeah. a, it's I an mean, exhausting should, upkeep. Yeah. Isn't you it, should though? grow a moustache. I mean, uh, oh, I couldn't. Grow, I mean, I would look lewd. Somebody actually came up to me a few weeks ago and said, "I think you'd look good with a moustache." I went, "Do you hate me?" Do you know, every now I and think again, you would. I, and it was only my trainer, my old trainer at the gym, Camilla, who Camelia, who used to notice it. Every now and again, I have one seriously <laughs> long white hair that grows from my chin, and I can't yeah. see it. And then every now and again, she would just come up to me and pluck it off. Ping. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So if it's yeah. there today, will you tell me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but yeah. yeah. My wife has one of those. <laughs> I remember when, when we first She'd be really grateful you told yeah. us that. She just had one little hair on her neck like that and she used to have to pluck it all the time. It's terrifying. It yeah. feels like, what is this the start of? No, yeah. Puberty. Well, 
on one hand it's good to get <laughs> one old day. one day I'll finally get yeah. you get older you give for your fucks on the other hand you start growing hair you in weird places is it just me who thinks it's okay to be spiritual slash religious I'm not sure how religious I am I think it's okay though I think this came from a point where I think for a lot for a long time, religion and spirituality was deemed as a bit uncool. And I don't mean to offend anyone when I say that, but I just think it was, especially when you're a teenager, I guess, growing we're up. We're talking about religion. Someone's going to be offended. Yeah. Um, Let's just own that. So yeah. I just think, you know, but now I do think you've almost gone to a place now where you get chastised in the same way for being religious. And I often wonder, you know, because I do have friends of mine who are religious. I'm not particularly spiritual or religious, but I would never deign to undermine their feelings about it. Or, But I do feel like there's a lot of people, especially when it becomes pol- well political. I know we talk about politics often. Yeah. Mm. That's what tends to happen, isn't it? Your your mm. your religion can infuse or often inform your political leanings. Mm. Um, and I think then by putting up the fight, you can sometimes totally dismiss and disregard someone's entire belief system, which I yeah. think is where this is coming from. You know, I think. Obviously, you can choose not to believe a certain way, but you shouldn't totally then dismiss somebody else's, I think. Mm. And I just think maybe we're getting to a place now where actually it's becoming acceptable again to be honest about being religious. I do think a lot of my friends for a long time would actually certainly not be as open about their religious leanings because they thought they would get totally berated Mm. for it. Or ridiculed. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Or just thought, you know, oh, you're not liberal. They're crucified. Yeah. yeah. So I think the thing is... You, oh, politically. Ironically. Politically. The idea is you cannot be a liberal, well-informed individual and be religious. There's this real, I think, way yeah. of thinking that you can't somehow... But you can be the president of the United States. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is really interesting. You can believe the world was made a few hundred years ago and that's fine. And but, be uh, religious and grab every pussy in sight oh, and still exactly. be, yeah. and exactly. be the president. Yeah. Exactly. Now, it's interesting because I was brought up a Catholic. Um, by my Irish Catholic mother. And, you know, we were made to go to church every Sunday, much to our, you know, we hated it. Like, I literally would hide in a cubbyhole to not, well, as I feel now, waste my Sunday. You know, now, obviously, that's just my personal opinion and that's just how I feel. But, like, I can't get those Sundays back on my deathbed from my parents that made me go. But, um... As I'm, I've become older, I kind of, I, I remove myself so far from religion. In fact, the mere sort of whiff of religion was like the ultimate shutdown to me. And um, I just wasn't interested. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten much more into spirituality. What I believe to be, I believe I am a spiritual person, but I just don't follow any kind of pomp or ceremony or religious anything you know like that's i just don't have any kind of leanings towards that whatsoever but um and i believe it causes a lot of problems oh, you yeah. know and i think globally obviously we can't deny that it, it, it's it's it causes a lot of a lot of issues well, i think people who believe so strongly you know mm. i think it's a, i think Extremism. extreme of anything is, yeah, is bad without, without people, room for other views because i do believe yeah. there are people who can happily coexist with other religions because you know yeah. they they realize religious is, is a religion is a personal thing it's not mm. about forcing your beliefs on other people and people who are genuinely religious i think are very compassionate and very mm. easygoing people mm. you know i think it's just the extreme people that then try to force that well it's like every kind of extremism isn't it so. but i think i think in terms of like your i think in terms of your health i think it's important to you know i mean if we can sort of be drinking green juices and you know kale and sort of you know macrobiotic food or you know vegan and whatever that's the body sorted mm. but i just think in terms of like your head 
if you have some kind of faith, whatever mm-hmm. that faith is, whether it be Catholic, Muslim, or you just believe in the God of ice cream yeah. or whatever that is, I think that's an important thing to to have in your life. So it makes you not in charge of the world, your, of your yeah. own world. And I think that what you've just said, I think wellness has kind of become the new religion. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. I mean, what religion is basically spawned from the fact that we all know we're going to die and we're mm. all grappling with trying to find meaning in that. And I actually think that like clean eating, wellness, all of that is the new thing that people throw their whole faith behind. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, but it's not going to stop you dying. But they, people they're, feel... Well, they're certainly as devout as some, yeah. you know. Well, exactly. Well, it's funny. I've always had like, before I even thought, even thought about spirituality, what it even meant when I was a young kid, I genuinely always believed that I would be an actor. You know, like I genuinely just thought, I'll be an actor, you know, and 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 I always had this saying when I was younger, I believed that if I gave something, I always got it back tenfold. And it's still my belief, you know, if you give it freely and you give it for the right reasons, then it always comes back. And that could, I mean, that basically, that just sounds like superstitious nonsense because it is a little bit if you think about it, but it's always felt true to me so that's my own religion but I I feel the same I was saying earlier before you got here I I don't know I'm a believer in destiny I'm a believer in fate to a degree and I remember stupid things happened to me and you you just attach meaning to what you want to don't you but I remember years ago when I'd, I'd only been in this country about three months it was cold it was miserable I didn't have much money and I was really at a crossroads thinking do I go back to Australia or not and I was at a friend's house in the days of um, blank cassettes. And this, I picked up this cassette that was halfway through the, sp- the spool, didn't have anything. It said Elvis Costello on it. And I thought, if I put this on and it plays my favourite Elvis Costello song, I'm going to stay. And I put it on and there was literally two seconds and it went straight into every day I write the book. And I was wow. like, mm, yeah. okay. And I did, I stayed. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's things like that that I know it sounds stupid, yeah. But no. you do, you just, you look for meaning. Everybody looks to attach meaning well, to something. I think it's important on this subject that we do touch on, upon the whole fair weather religious thing. So I think I'm very much like that. I'm somebody that will often turn, because I'm not religious now at all. I used to be like you, Kevin. I was ready to go to church as a kid, yeah. but kind of resented it. And then when I became an adult, made my own choices, mm-hmm. I, I chose not to. But I will say this now, you know, you always turn to it. And, and it's weird. I have friends who are not religious, but the second they get married, oh, they have, they've got to get married in church. In church. Mm. It's really weird, isn't it? But I mean, certainly I, I would go so far as to say in times of grief, mm. you know, when you've lost somebody. And, I, and one of my friend's um, dads passed away not that long ago. And, you know, it was the first time I've gone to a funeral. And I haven't gone to that many, but it, I went to a funeral and it was a humanist ceremony. So her dad was not religious. He was atheist. But I can honestly say it was one of the most moving um, sort of um, sort of services I've ever been to because it really spoke to me because it wasn't wrapped up in a lot of religious, I dare I say, claptrap yeah. and cliches. Yeah. It was just talking on a very normal human level. Yeah. And I walked out of there going, that's the funeral I want for mm-hmm. me because, like I said... It's Noted. Actually- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's communication, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I think that's pr- that's the problem with, you know, in my case, the Catholic Church, mm. is that if I go to, because I still have to go to many funerals, I've got an enormous family, many christenings, many weddings, because my um, I've got 58 first cousins on wow. my mother's side. So, I mean, there's all the, I have to go, I, I'm even though I am no longer a religious, Catholic religious, I still have to go to church quite frequently. And, you know, it. I listen to the words and I think, oh my God, people are just re- re- reciting these words. 
are they actually thinking about what they're saying? And the truth is that they're not. You know, and 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 it, I and I know all the words, and I still don't know what any of it means. Mm. And it's, I think that's half the problem mm. is that. You know, it's not been adapted. It's not been abridged. Kathy Burke has not abridged the, we, the we Bible, need to send her in, so we can all understand it, and yeah. she can bring it into a younger audience. That yeah. is the problem I find mm. with with this very sort of the very old trad services that we're that we're used yeah. to. Yeah, but we did a feature um, in Glamour sometime last year where I got very religious women to talk about how, what it had done to their mental health and it had affected their mental health in a really positive yeah. way. Mm. And I've got. Nothing but respect for that. If that's your faith delivery service, if mm. that's your lifeline to and sanity also, and comfort, yeah. I've got not a problem with it. It's when it yeah. starts to be judgmental, yeah. it, when it starts to demarcate what's right and wrong for exactly, everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I really, really struggle with elements of the Muslim religion and stuff because of the sort of you know because of the 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 the, the, the burqas and the things. That, I mean, we, we you know we, I really struggle with a lot of their beliefs, you know. And yeah, I respect them, you know, like, and I, it's, it's one of those things, I think it's that you're each to their own and everyone's entitled to do what they want to do. But, you know, there are obviously extremists in every single religion. We've yeah. seen it across the board. I mean, the one for me that's probably the most, the most palatable one for me, who's not really into the ceremony or whatever is, is Buddhism, you know, because mm-hmm. I find that that's basically about being a good person and not, it's not about yesterday, it's about today. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. that, that, you, you just hit the nail on the head for me because I feel like a lot of what we're talking about is just don't be an asshole. You yeah. know, some of the people, the loveliest, most compassionate people I know are not religious people. Yeah. But they know the difference between right and wrong intrinsically. And don't be an asshole in the name of God because, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure God, whatever it is, uh, doesn't want you to walk around being the big prick. No, you know? exactly. So, I'd um, like to think so. No. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. he does. Yeah. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe <laughs> maybe that, that maybe they're the ones that get rewarded being <laughs> massive pricks. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something in that yeah. definitely well, tomorrow's think, a new day for me then yes yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to be fine yeah. <laughs> oh i don't know about that you're you're going to live forever <laughs> the things we've revealed in this pod cupboard we're going to hell in a handbasket aren't we joe a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So next up. I mean, this is quite sort of funny, given what we just discussed. It just leads in, really, doesn't it? I know. It? Well, you wouldn't get very far with, on this show if you believed in this. But is it just me? 
uh, who thinks it's totally fine to not get involved in arguments and totally sit on the fence. Oh, yes, yeah. it fucking is, you. It's, I mean, it's, as if. I, can, I, I wish cannot, I could sit on the fence. The, the, you know, it's so important. So I write a lot with, and, and I write with various other people. It works with two. It never fucking works with three people. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Because you, especially if that third person is the fence guy. Oh, oh I thought you were going to give us a name then. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. no. Name, if they're listening... Yeah. He, they know he, who they are. He knows who he fucking is. <laughs> and it's the bane of my life. But um, Oh, yeah, because I never thought about that. Because I always assumed it would be better to have three. Because obviously you'd cast a vote. If you've got wouldn't... three very opinionated people, it's great. Yeah. It, it usually ends in arguments. But... You can have time to think about it. But if you've got one person who just doesn't really like the awkwardness of dis- people disagreeing and, I'm, and oh, I like what you say, but I sort of, I want him to employ me. Oh, God, that's <laughs> so I annoying. Got, it's so irritating. Yeah. And then you've got that thing where you where, where the person that the, the, the other person that you don't agree with leaves the room and they go, I agree with you. Oh, yeah. oh. you're so right. And I, I say, well, fucking say so. Oh, that's, I, that's annoying. Many, yeah. many years ago, I... I had two uh, men who I reported to. They were both my boss. And yeah. one used to do that to me. He used to yeah. say, listen, I agree with you, but I can't, I can't say in front of you. Yeah, like, why does that leave an employee? Yeah, yeah I know. It's ridiculous. I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's the worst situation. So I had a rule after like my fifth sort of, you know, the, the third person experience thing. And I just said, right, that's it. It's me or one other person, you know, so we can literally just fight this over like adults mm. rather than sit there going you know because I think that's the other thing as well is that when there's a third person it, it almost I think it almost makes conflict even worse yeah and so I, I, and in, in my life in general I very rarely want to say to someone you know what I think so and so said this about me and I feel I just go straight to the person I don't really muck around with third persons and asking for people's advice because I just find that really that's a slagging people off mm. and B it never really works and it always comes to hit you square on in yeah. the face anyway and I think a lot of what you're talking about it comes from people being really terrified of confrontation yeah yeah. when it doesn't have to be an Aggressive. ugly riot yeah. mess and it can actually yeah. I, I used to find this all the time as a manager you two go and talk this out this is ridiculous and the yeah. minute they actually discussed something yeah. it was diffused yeah. immediately I do, I do get it though because I think we're all coming at this from the same page I think we're all possibly quite straight up people who mm. if you piss me off I'll tell you there and then I don't yeah. let things build yeah. well um, with the caveat where my family's involved <laughs> I just stay oh, the too. hell oh, out of it oh, because I've always yeah. got one on the phone from Australia then yeah, the other maybe. one on email yeah. and that's really hard to navigate mm. yeah. I find it hard to take sides in a family but I think well, I have to sit on the fence with my mother. Yeah. I mean, I have to sit on the fence. I, I mean, I don't just sit on the fence. I just say, I'm not talking about this. Yeah, I am not talking yeah. about I, this. I try to do it's, that. This conversation yeah. is over. You yeah. Know? yeah. Because it's that thing of like, you know, I've got, I mean, I'm the eldest of five kids. So we're all varying sort of ages. And uh, my mum will do this thing where she'll say, do you know your brother came home the other day and he had this I mean 200 pounds on a pair of trainers I mean I, I mean I think that's a lot of money and so and I'm going mm, well yeah well, never because because uh, I'm the oldest and you know that that's going to get well I mean Kevin agrees that that was <laughs> too much too money much, yeah, too yeah, much money like, and then they're saying did you tell mommy thought it was too much yeah, money yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. awful yeah. but you see yeah. you have more restraint than me because my my take on this initially was I wish I could be more of a fence sitter because mm. my problem is and I don't, and I'm not somebody that seeks out drama, but I'm also the person that 
if I I always feel strongly about everything, that's why yeah. we do the show. <laughs> um, but you know, so if I see something happening, I will pretty much always have an opinion on it, and I yeah. find it very hard to not share my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I do sometimes forget that not everybody lives their life that way. Some mm. people genuinely are not they are t- terrified of confrontation and I, yes. and, and I, I find that so frustrating I don't, but I don't think they're wimps I don't think it's a wimpy thing I think they are it's a bit like having I guess some people are very shy and they're crippling yeah. themselves some people literally they get so stressed they, and, I, and I see on some of my friends faces the second that me and my friends you have a very kind of abrupt love loving relationship where we are so honest with each other in a slightly cutting way sometimes but only because there's that shorthand you have with really mm. good friends mm. but I can see some of my other friends getting slightly tense about it because they'd be like oh no they're going to fall out and I'm like mm. that's not a falling out that's just us being us you yeah. know? but I think there are some people who literally can't even go there on any, on any level openness is so important I mean I remember I used to work with this guy and I'm, I, I'm not going to say his, but he, he had this thing where <laughs> when he didn't want to answer uh, he, he he was so frightened of confrontation. We'd be we'd be on this job, and I'd say, "Listen, there's a restaurant up the road. It's uh, it's Thai, um, and we're going to go there. Uh, we booked a, book a table for eight. Um, are you going to come, or are you going?" And he go, "I don't think I'm going to come actually." And he'd say no through a yawn, <laughs> and and then it and then it became like everything was going. Oh, I think we should take. The M1 and not go another <laughs> road. And you go, what are you, what are you saying? I can't hear you because you're yawning. And then I realised that he was basically so frightened of actually saying, disagreeing, he would yawn. He would yawn the it. answer. That's yeah. genius, it was, it was, But it was yeah, a but weird it's, sort it's of It's like tick. a nervous tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. it is. Yeah. And uh, he, if he's listening to this, he, he will, he'll know who he is and he'll be paranoid about mm. it. Um, if but you're yeah. listening, you can come on the podcast yeah, and defend absolutely. yourself anytime. Come and yawn come your and, way through. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. and talk us through your weird tick. Let's talk to you about religion. I guess in my one weird caveat to what what I was just saying though is I will now say and I do feel bad about it sometimes but when it comes to social media fallout and I see things being said it can be so ugly Mm. I I don't even get involved in that and that's Mm. when I do sit on the fence because I actually feel like that is a it's a climate where everyone is so angry mm-hmm. and no one's even ready to listen to you sometimes. And I, just, yeah. I, I totally do not engage now because I feel like I'm just going to get slaughtered and crucified no, more, no, no matter what I say. My yeah. favourite on that was um, seeing all my Facebook friends ready to stab each other over the Scottish referendum. Mm. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. Like people who were, who I thought were like all friends yeah. all screaming at each other it was it, it mm. was yeah. and that's when I was, I don't didn't know enough about that issue no. thank god but, uh, yeah. well it's funny because I think we're, in, we're actually I mean I know it, it feels like quite a tumultuous time for politics and, and, and quite yeah. a scary time to be alive but I actually really love this time because I feel like for the first time ever in my life I feel totally engaged with politics. I care about who's who's politician, and I care about all these all these things that are happening in our world right now. And I think that it was it, the first thing for me, like when Brexit w- happened, because I'm you know I'm a working class kid, you know, and I and I've come through now, and I'm in this little echo chamber now of all my lefty friends, you know, the working show business and whatever. But on Facebook, I'm still connected to my old schoolmates, mm. and. When Brexit was happening and all my little echo chamber of, you know, very middle class sort of, you know, um, showbiz type people were saying, it's never going to happen. Mm. I mean, it's just never going to happen. No way. Not nowadays. People are just people. I mean, we love you. I mean, we holiday in, you know, every year in Italy. And, 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 then, and then I was listening to my mates from school, mm. you know, who are like, you know, skint Tories and who believe or sort of can't make their mind up whether they're a Tory or they're, you know, they're like Nigel Farage. So I had... Of this real voice and this mm. this pretend voice, and I remember thinking, you know what, 
Brexit's going to happen. Mm. It, that we're going to leave the EU. Yeah. I just, I can just feel it. I, I can feel it. Thing. Yeah, and I, but I believe that you know. Nigel Farage is in, is, has had so much success and Brexit has happened because people feel that they... I blame political correctness completely. Mm. People feel that they can't say how they feel. And, yeah. like a, and like a bad illness, it's better out than in. You know mm. what I mean? You've got to get that stuff out, whether it be... I, I think we're too quick to shut people down about their opinions. You know, I think it's like, let's not shut you down and tell you it's bad, just, just bad for you to even think that. I agree. Find out why you yeah. think it and talk about but, but it. But again, going back to the whole fence sitting thing, what does upset me is, you know, and I do always say this, I, you know, in Australia, where Joe is from, you know, it, you're not allowed to not vote. You know, mm. you're actually punished and penalised if you don't vote. And mm. it's the fence citizen in this don't country. Don't tell them that I haven't for quite some time. Yeah. No, but you know but, what I'm yeah. saying? I, I would abide by any election result if I knew the entire country had turned out. And actually, mm. what annoys me is when I know that 30 or 40% of this country didn't even get off their arses to vote in the first place. Yeah. That's when I find, especially when yeah. it's a close result, yeah. that's what annoys me. Yeah. But that's when fence sitting isn't a joke. But hey, God, we've got a bit serious, well, I, haven't I, we? I, I, <laughs> I just think we should never have been given the option to vote on a... Re- had, shouldn't have been given a referendum on Brexit. It, considering yeah. we get you know such you know one way traffic from the media and such biased you know reviews from the media, I mean yeah. people you know believe the Daily Walk Mail. Both so, ways, yeah, you know, exactly, so I feel I've always felt like oh my god, how can you how can you let people that are so misinformed vote on something that's so important? Yeah. And, you know, and I think think they should have ever been given that chance. I'm really scared that this might be just me, <laughs> who has. What I what what's known in the in the fashion world, it was certainly wasn't the glamour office as a floor drobe, which means more clothes on the floor than in yeah, the wardrobe. Well, that's never true in my case, but there's, there's <laughs> that's it's impossible. There's, yeah. there's a rolling stock, sort of like scattered on various couches. Some on the floor, I will admit, because I was looking for this black jumper I'm wearing today in a stress rage this morning in about thirty seconds. So the rest is waiting there to go back in. Mm. Maybe Friday if I get round to it. I'm a I'm a disaster. See, is I'm, it just me? No, well, it is you. Into, well, between you well, and me, that. it is <laughs> because only because I actually was like you. Like, there was always a chair in my room. I was like you. I was like you before, yes. I, before I sought help <laughs> for the pills. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I Before I found God, a great doctor. <laughs> I found God and my wardrobe, and everything yeah. is good again. No, um, no, uh, I made a pact because I was a terrible person for chucking things at the end of my bed on the chair, mm-hmm. and I just thought, God, my room's always a mess. And I just suddenly decided to introduce this quite simple filing system. If it's clean, it goes back in the it's in the wardrobe, and if it's dirty, it's in the washing basket. Yeah. And if you are that ruthless, about revolutionary. It, nobody. Yeah, that's that, that's it, just that's just living like a normal person. No, but if you it? are ruthless, <laughs> what I think. Oh. No, but you, no, but you, no, but you know if what happens. If it's dirty, it goes in the wash basket. No, if it's clean, no, but see what I, I thought. See, for me, if it's dirty, it just gets thrown out, no, right? I, yeah. See, yeah. my my <laughs> wife's one is it. If it's on the floor, it goes in the wash basket. Well, yes. Like that's hers. Yeah. Even if it has never been worn, it needs to go into the cycle. No, but can I tell you? something really bad right. sometimes when I'm trying to do the James Williams revolutionary filing system sometimes <laughs> things go to the dry cleaners just because then they're off the floor and I don't have to find space for them but in the see, wardrobe yeah. no, but I was going to say I <laughs> think so no, but also true, I though. think dry cleaning yeah. items is where the problem lies because I was going to say the problem you have with lots of floor jobs is and this is where my, my method 
falls down. Because if it's a dry clean only item, you wear it and then you think, oh God, that's gonna get the dry cleaners now. Can I get another wear out of it? So you don't yeah. put it in the washing basket or back in your wardrobe because you think, oh, is it skanky to put it back in the wardrobe because it's not quite clean? I know, yeah. I'll leave it here in limbo. You speak the truth. Yeah. I, the yeah. thing is, I, I dry clean my clothes and I kind of, they come back and I think, have they even Actually dry cleaned them? Well, quite. <laughs> Yeah, I've just, just scraped them off their fingernails. That is the next yeah. dispatches waiting to happen, isn't yeah. it? It that is, undercover. isn't it? What happens in our dry cleaners? Yeah. yeah, I think that's the biggest take on ever. But um, our my problem with the floor drobe thing is that my my one the one bugbear in my in my relationship with my wife is that it's not her, it's me. <laughs> I have my time management is a, is abysmal, you know. Especially not it's it's pretty good for work and stuff. But when I'm when I'm going to some sort of an event, like the Glamour Awards or something like that, I will oh, I, I will arrange time. my suit five minutes before I go. I won't prepare it. My wife's shopping today for a thing we've got next week, <laughs> so she's sorting all that out. I'm on this thing with her. I won't sort it out until the day before. That's what I do. But so when I'm frantically pulling stuff out of my wardrobe. Obviously, it takes two seconds to pull it all out, and it takes fucking ages to put it all yes. back in. So that is the, the issue. But my wife's thing is like, she picks up stuff all the time. She's like, pick your stuff up off the floor. And I'm like, yeah, but it's it's sort of clean, so I don't want to put it back in the wardrobe. I'm just like, leaving it for I, later. I just, yeah. I'm going to wear it tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to wear those jeans tomorrow. There's a grey area of our laundry, basically, which creates the floor drobe. And I've got yeah. a bit of a mood board happening <laughs> where... Like a, where Things I pull out, think, oh yeah, that I'll wear that this week. So I leave it out, hanging up. Oh, okay. To remind me to yeah. wear it. I think basically I've got too many clothes, yeah. which Ross, who always listens, will totally agree with. Well, my wife yeah. starts to do this thing where she's putting. She started to just um, any clothes that because I'm I'm living in London at the moment. My I live down on the beach, and my wife's where the kids are. But I'm living in London, so all these clothes that I've got that are sort of coming out of the system, and I'm not there to utilise them. My wife's hanging them up in my wardrobe. But this is the problem is now is I went to get a shirt today. I pulled it out of the wardrobe, and it just looked like an old handkerchief. <laughs> where she refuses to iron any of my clothes. She just will not do that. She's. I don't, I don't think my wife's ever ironed a single garment of my clothing, which is fine. Mm. I've ironed lots of hers, but she has never ironed any of mine. And um, and I pull more it fool out. you, more fool me, <laughs> absolutely. But um, but I pull it out of the wardrobe today, and I was like, she said, "Now you're making me late." And I said, "No, actually, actually, you're making me late because you've stuffed this into the tiniest, tiniest little crack in my wardrobe." And now look at it. I've got to I've got to run it through a, a press. I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Don't be that person, Joe. Don't be that person. I have to say that I did actually feel when I finally got, got rid of my floor job, I felt like a proper grown up. It was one of those things that yeah, kind see, of. See, I'm never going to feel it like. Kind, a it kind of wound me up. It's a bit like when I finally had the revelation to make my bed every day makes you feel yeah. better about yourself. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm full of these like groundbreaking well, ideas. Like that, 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 that sort of miscellaneous shit drawer as well, like the side bed that you just. I, I keep opening got that. it. Yeah, I keep opening it and just thinking, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What am I going to do with that? Like, I, and then I literally just shut it. It's just getting more and more, but it's it's always like some kind of like it's always something semi-important from Australia when I made a film there once and I've said, do I need to keep that? Has it got some sort of legal? Uh, will I be penalised if I throw oh, it I, away? I, but I don't know what it is. I yeah. hate them. But you have made me think maybe what we need is like a an, another laundry basket that is basically dry clean limbo. I need a, a cottage in the, in the back of my house that's yeah. where my clothes live. Yeah. That would be really nice. Limbo, limbo cottage. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm sure there's lots of people out there with 
please, if it's not just me, yeah. will you please email me because these two are making me feel quite bad. Oh, well, please do yeah. email us anyway. <laughs> we actually love hearing from you. Um, the email address for any topic suggestions you have is is it just me podcast at gmail.com. Please do leave us reviews as well on iTunes. It really helps the show. And also do tweet us um, any um, suggestions for topics yeah. using the is it just me hashtag. And uh, do go and see Lady Windermere's fan. Yes. Please do. Really damn entertaining. It's Just fabulous. for the moustache alone. Just You've got to see this, the beast in its true real life form. Yes, yes. It's it's going to be quite something by Are the you time we it? finish. <laughs> uh, no, I am not going to I don't to think right. I should allow it's, that. It's going. It's going. It'll probably run away of its own accord by the time we finish. Yeah. But it's immaculate. To be fair, there's nothing in it. Yeah. No, that's because I have to comb it regularly um, just to get it to do what I want it to do. Are you spending a fortune on like products like beard oil and all that kind of stuff? I use a wax, a oh. moustache wax. Um, otherwise, I mean, I, I have to wax it a lot as well. Like I put some on this morning and I can already feel I'm looking, looking completely mental. It's just like the real again. life Ned Flanders. Yeah, it does look like Ned. No, I, look, I look like Ned Flanders. My kids say to me, my kids say to me the other day, they said I had a green cap on and they said, you look like Luigi. So I get, oh. I get Luigi, Des Lynham. And now, thanks to to you Joe Ned Flanders um, but no no cool people like Tom Selleck or anything like that I Brilliant. think you're winning in like well I feel like I am <laughs> just well, like being you here know, yeah. thank you so much for joining Thanks. us today my it's pleasure thank you for having me on the show love the yes. show thank you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.